On the Table, Current and Critical Information for Massage Therapists in Practice, a podcast presented by Massage Therapy Canada. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to On the Table. Massage therapists are struggling through an unprecedented event in their lifetime, a pandemic. This pandemic necessitates physical distancing and suspension of practice to slow the spread of the virus. As COVID-19 cases decline, provincial governments are slowly reopening the economy. Massage therapists have many, many questions as how to return to practice effectively and safely. My co-host today is once again, Don Dillon. Don is a massage therapist, author of Charting Skills for Massage Therapists, and the soon to be released on practice from entry level to established massage therapist. Welcome back, Don. Thank you, Janin. And of course, it's always great to be sitting right beside you. Uh, in this case, of course, during these times virtually, but uh, great to be back. So uh, our uh, let me get right into introducing our guest today. Our guest is Lori Green, who is the Executive Director of the Massage Therapist Association of Saskatchewan. And she's been in that position since 2005. She's currently the chair of the Canadian Massage Therapy Alliance. Insurance Committee, as well as the Vice President of the Canadian Massage Therapy Alliance, or CMTA. Lori has 30 years of experience working in the non-profit sector, previously as Executive Director to the Saskatchewan Society for Education through Art, or SSEA. Lori is driven by the greater good, and in her past employment and her current the primary mission was to achieve legislated status that was achieved with the status of the artist in Saskatchewan, and she is optimistic that soon we will see the legislation of massage therapists in the province of Saskatchewan. Lori, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. So to kick things off here, Lori, um, we're going to be talking about what the MTAS, MTAS, Massage Therapist Association of Saskatchewan. Um, can you explain what the resources that MTAS has provided its members in returning to practice? So as, as far as pre- providing resources from the minute that our province went into um, economic closures, we have been providing our membership with up-to-date uh, the Saskatchewan premier reports, the federal reports, um, all the areas and linkage that they can get financial support. And then once the reopen um, Saskatchewan document came out, that gave us uh, the opportunity and the challenge to really go through this document and to understand what it is that uh, would be the new requirements for massage therapists. We have prepared, I believe, quite a comprehensive document, which is the guidelines on COVID-19 infection and prevention control. We have provided supporting documents, for example, clinic audit, what, how the therapist can prepare their clinic, but also indirectly, what is their new world looking at? And I'll just give a couple of of examples is, you know, to provide the the prevention of spread of infection directly, ask yourself, are there particular patients that they need to take extra precautions? How do they need to modify um, their everyday process just from walking into the clinic room 
or greeting their their clients. And and uh, I think as all of us have realized during this pandemic, you know, um, what are the tools I use all the time in my everyday practice, but my everyday just walking down that hallway into my clinic. So we've we've provided that we've included a waiver that was written by our lawyer directly related to COVID-19. We have done screening questions. Um, we have made many recommendations in our guidebook. And the government has prepared, I think to the best of their ability, a great uh, reopen Saskatchewan guidebook, which is updated weekly with concerns as concerns come in or they're advised of, hey, did you think of this sort of thing? They're, they've been pretty good with us. I, th I think the biggest problem that MTAS has had is uh, the one of legislation and being a legislated health professional. So initially when the shutdown came out, we were grouped in with the health professionals or all the legislated professionals. And then they realized we haven't quite gone through the legislative process. So we've been moved into personal services. So some of our requirements are a little different than what uh, chiropractors and physiotherapists are doing. Specifically to the um, MTAS IPAC guidelines, so the Infection Protection and Control Guidelines, with those disinfecting procedures, so beyond those prescribed by public health, what what of those procedures are particular and unique to RMTs being a hands-on profession? Well, I, I think, um, I, I don't know if there's any real change in the mandated hygiene and disinfectant procedures per se. Um, you know, we have our adherence to our standards of practice to begin with. And you know, massage therapists have always had very high standards in disinfecting and hygiene. I think the, the biggest changes is the time that will be required for them to go through all of the changes of um, of their linens, head support, their pillows, if they use a pillow, um, and the changing of those things, those sort of requirements, the added stress of ensuring that the client or patient knows about the hygiene and then more or less safeguarding and watching that the um, client is once again disinfecting their hands and doing their hygiene when coming into the clinic. So did you consult any experts in uh, disease control or something similar while creating these infection protection and control guidelines for your members? Well, it really helps that, that we have um, Dr. Gowan, who is the adjunct professor at Community Health and Epidemiology on our board of directors. We have a virology expert and we have a nurse that is closely connected to our board. So right at the get-go, I think we had some very good and um, good expertise. Uh, we also have um, a hotline to the government of Saskatchewan and business resources. And so we could certainly talk uh, to the Saskatchewan Health Association and the COVID experts there on issues that are pertinent to our practice. We've worked with the chiropractors and physiologists. We also consulted with the executive director 
of the RMTAO and uh, the RMTBC. And then, of course, we consulted with, uh, with miles of, of research and guidelines from the CDC Infection Control to the BC Centre for Disease Control. You know, everything we could get our hands on and vet correctly, we have done. Laurie, you have a pivotal role with the Canadian Massage Therapist Alliance. And for those that don't know what the Canadian Massage Therapist Alliance is, it is an alliance of the provincial massage therapy associations, many of the associations across Canada that represent massage therapists. And this next question goes to how well the uh, members of the CMTA, the alliance, are coordinating efforts as to sharing of uh, are in, uh, sharing with their, their massage therapist information and any training or education being provided regarding disinfection and use of personal protective equipment or PPE, designing uniform return to work guidelines, and third point being interfacing with public health professionals. So can you tell us a bit about how the massage therapy associations, the representatives of, of massage therapists across Canada, are working together on some of these initiatives and sharing information so that massage therapists can be all on the same page? Well, um, we try we try to do that as a as a regular area of business within the CMTA. What we are doing currently, particularly when you mention webinars, information, continuing education that has been provided on quality assurance and PPE and just the use of that. We share that on our online network with each other as to what might be helpful. If, uh, if I come across or somebody comes across a podcast, we certainly share that on our network for use of sharing of resources, which is one of the um, main great things about the CMTA is everybody is really conscious about sharing resources with one another. We all have different amounts of staff. Some, some don't have any staff at all. Legislated um, provinces do not. So we, we work hard together. We, have we were working with a company for our GST and HST removal. And of course, that has taken a bit of a backseat to the pandemic. And so we also have that company who is working with us to approach the government with questions or needs, particularly financial needs of all of the massage therapists in, in Canada. So we can give some insight then as to what things we can work together on. So we, we're communicating better every year and we're working hard to create some uniform um, return to work. But as you all realize, our governments have different standards and different, I think, public health orders for all of us. So um, it's it's that adherence. Um, even in our document that we've provided to our members, we have this is mandatory, this you must do. And of course, then these are the recommended guidelines. And that's an area that CMTA always has to be very conscious of the fact that though we can all collectively agree on, on a statement or a position, that we have to be aware that it has to also comply with the provincial government health directives. Physical distancing is named as the number one tactic for avoiding <laughs> infection. And uh, we, we've seen a number of reports 
that are suggesting that the physical distancing is even more important than personal protective equipment. Now, massage therapists often work in closed rooms, perhaps without windows and sufficient ventilation, and of course are in almost constant contact with their patients or clients. Can you give us a sense of how decision makers in the field and uh, as well the governments that they're closely working with are balancingly balancing the seemingly opposite objectives of physical distancing with the type of close, intimate, personal contact necessary when providing massage therapy care? That's, that's a great question, um, Dawn, and, and one that I don't have a specific answer for. They, they have not addressed that as far as enforcement. We have spoken to the government on a few occasions just exactly about that. They have, um, we have great extra requirements. We have awesome um, what you should do with your PPE and how, how to wear it. However, I am not aware that right now there is any inspection of or auditing of any clinics going on in phase one, which are the um, physios and chiropractors, doctors, etc. And nor have we been told anything that they will do to reinforce the issue. I think as far as MTAS goes and other health professionals, just like in everyday life, we are expected to adhere to public health and to our associations or college mandated requirements. The government is constantly working to amend and adapt their documents. And as something new presents itself, they add it in. Uh, I, I have a particular interest in how a home business would be working because so many of those are opening up and we have some massage therapists that work directly in their home. And in that case, that's a real concern, not only not only to adhere to the um, public health orders and the mandated disinfectants and clearance, but the fact, what do you do if you have a carpeted home and somebody has to go from point A to point B to get to your clinic? Those are the questions that that we have asked. And, you know, how does how does that work if you don't have a separate entrance and there's other people? We're at groups of no bigger than 10 in Saskatchewan. And I we don't know how many people may be in a home or who is in that home, etc. So it's that balance of protecting your your patient, but also protecting the therapist that that is going into that house. I know of several, for example, mobile therapists that are not going to be working during this pandemic going mobile because they can't possibly or they feel that they can't possibly adhere to the PPE nor afford it. Next question relates to the practitioner's experience. We're seeing pictures of face shields and goggles, masks and gowns, similar to a hospital setting. And I think massage therapists are trying to imagine what returning to work, returning to practice looks like when mm -hmm. using various levels of personal protective equipment. They wonder how it'll affect their comfort, their mobility, their effective application of massage therapy. And of course, because massage therapy is very physical, and therapists are exerting themselves, they probably wonder how they'll they'll manage to effectively deliver a massage therapy treatment given all of these all of this PBE. So I'm wondering what you're hearing 
from your members in terms of their concerns around how these provisions may dramatically affect the way they provide care and, the, and their ability to deliver care? Well, um, not well. I mean, I think they're I think they're all quite worried about it. And of course, everybody wants to be safe. I mean, that's let's be clear. I think all across Canada, everybody's looking for the best case scenario. Um, what we're having a particular um, a lot of comments are the RMTs who wear prescription eyeglasses, um, mostly because with the goggles or with the face shields, they really fog up and they're not allowed to wear their prescription glasses as considered a goggle. Uh, so we have had a lot of concern over that. And, and then again, you get to cost because if they have to make prescribed goggles, that's another cost to bear. Initially, uh, the call for rubber gloves certainly hampered anybody that was an RMT. And that was the first item that we had as RMTs. And part of that was due to the fact that not being legislated, we were put in um, personal services. So we were with uh, hairdressers and tattoo artists, uh, some estheticians or cosmetologists, especially. So that they have now removed the call for rubber gloves for massage therapists. But again, most of the members, it's, it's more of a financial stress and a heat stress as to whether you change your scrubs or whatever you're wearing after each patient, whether you they have asked us to have an apron, you can wear an apron, it can be a vinyl apron that you can disinfect after every patient, or you can wear, um, we presume, a medical cape, though they have not said that, they consistently say apron. Uh, so, it's it's really the time in between the heat required and uh, the goggles that are causing stress as far as physical stress. So, Lori, um, kind of touching off of this uh, topic here, what do you expect will be the financial and labor intensive impact on practitioners to afford and adopt these processes. I mean, I've seen multiple news stories of clinics that are slowly starting to open. I saw one guesstimate from CTV, uh, a clinic that was interviewed by them, and their clinic guesstimate was $13,000 for the rest of the year at the rate they're using PPE, such as uh, masks and gloves. Um, so that was in Alberta. I mean, I th I, again, there's a lot of unanswered questions and it's kind of everything is to be seen but I think that's also another large stressor on RMTs across the provinces across the nation with this PPE issue I mean I think people are kind of sticker shocked at some points with what this is actually going to mean for their practice I, I think that's a, that's a very good um, way of analyzing the situation. It, it, it is extreme in Saskatchewan. I don't know of one therapist who isn't, uh, that we have spoken to, that isn't stressed at the financial cost. And, and um, I've pondered this a, a few times when I've talked to our therapists as well, because, of course, their overhead is going up with all the requirements. And, you know, I, I have said, have you considered maybe raising, you know, the price of your treatments as, 
as it happens so regularly in a in a retail you know job people covered their their overhead and uh, and i it must be your caring nature and your commitment to to your treatment as health providers first and uh, and so people don't want to raise their their costs. They realize that so many people are are in a financial slowdown, at, to say the least. And so they don't want to create more hardship by by um, working with you in treatment. I haven't heard a number of thirteen thousand, um, but we don't. I think have as many clinics. Um, large clinics as some of the other provinces do. We have a lot of sole proprietors here, but I've heard between the four and 5,000 range just to open um, in some clinics. I haven't heard anything under $1,000. And of course, this is just their initial of what it's going to cost them to open. I, I also, uh, the, the stress because of the costs of some of these supplies. Phase one, all of the PPE in Saskatchewan or the areas of opening has been closed, shot out, shot out across Canada to begin with. And then anybody who had supplies were mandated only to have those supplies available for the hospitals, first responders, and then phase one, which makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, the, the frontline workers absolutely must have this PPE. This has forced our members to try to go um, overseas and, and uh, get into a lot of areas. There's a lot of fairly significant price gouging. And then just supply and demand where masks were going for I've heard as low as 17 cents to as high as 25 cents four years or four months ago. Now we're hearing the average rate of, you know, $1.35 to $2 a mask. Well, think about that for a sole proprietor, you know, with their rent and everything. Therapists are not large corporations. Um, so a bulk buy, um, the distributors we have talked to is they're saying, well, we need a we need a bulk buy of fifty thousand dollar or fifty thousand masks, which would put you know, which would put their costs at um, much lower to let's say a dollar ten a mask. Well, that is just not feasible in in this profession in Saskatchewan. So it's it's difficult, and associations are not set up to be distributors and shipper receivers, nor do we have. Um, you know, we work with membership dollars, and we just don't have the budgets to. Um, warehouse something like that and and come into sales so we have a few therapists that um, we expect not to see opening some have told us they're not opening due to costs of the PPE due to being able to um, access a PPE and that's simply the question. Laurie there are a number of considerations in the environment of the practice of massage therapists. Uh, therapists have to consider either covering or disposing of cloth covered furniture. They have to use vinyl cleanable surfaces, perhaps under the linen. Blankets have to be laundered after every use. There are carpeted floors, window draping, any exposed <laughs> pieces of equipment and furniture in the clinic space that may retain 
the uh, the virus? Do you have a sense of how massage therapists might be required to uh, alter their workspaces for um, for these considerations? Well, um, we haven't heard anything about the window dressing other than doing the regular disinfectant in Saskatchewan. And we have asked about those particular questions. Many have either pulled up their carpets if they have them or they've they've laid vinyl over their carpets. I've seen a couple of ingenious cupboard and uh, chairs and tables. One of the concerns with the tables and the amount of disinfected with the recommendation of 50 to 70 percent of alcohol or hydrogen peroxide would quickly damage a massage table. So um, many have simply recovered their tables right now with vinyl so as to protect the tables. And then, of course, as you said, they're trying, those that have a good office space are moving out almost everything to a, a skeleton clinic room. And so they don't have to have so much time on doing the disinfecting of cleaning what's in their room. We had um, one of our board members did a timed response with, I believe, another massage therapist. And they kept going through, you know, from the beginning of someone coming in to the the screening questions, the setting up and the and to the next client being ready. And she said, you know, she was taking her time because she was trying to go to a regular, you know, a regular treatment and how that looks from day to day. And she had estimated that it took her about half an hour in her clinic just to clean everything and chart, you know, accordingly. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be something that we hope will become sort of just part of the part of the program as they go on but that also means to longer hours and uh, I think at the end of the day it's a very stressful thing I don't know how long you've been practicing Dawn but um, I know it's been a while and we have lots of therapists that are well into and over their 20 years and I can't imagine the stress of, of, I look around my office and thinking I have to remove 30% of this. And not only that, is I have to be so conscious of absolutely everything in that room to be disinfected and to be used correctly. It's a whole new learning curve with, with really high stakes because at the end of the day, they are the province, and I'm sure every province does this when a new phase reopens, their tracing of the contagion is getting higher. There's more people being treated, and we certainly don't want anything connected to massage therapy. Good point. And and uh, in relation to what you were just speaking about, yes, I've been thinking about the time and labor requirements on top of the therapist to disinfect on an already very physically demanding job. And and uh, yes, I've been at this almost 29 years, and I, I've been wondering about the extra, the added labor. On top exactly. of the, and the impact. Exactly. And, the, and yeah. the more time that's taken in between a patient, that's, that's um, you know, more physical loss in that time slot or financial loss. Yeah. So 
um, you know, you, you think, do I work longer and harder? My goodness, I can't. Or do I work shorter for less? I mean, there's so many variables in an unknown, an unknown system. Yeah, in, in the consideration of therapists who might be in a commercial space and uh, working shifts where the treatment room is shared between two therapists in a day, the, 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 they're really trying to maximize the number of people they can see in a shift, and that will certainly be affected by this. Won't it, though? You know, especially those evening shifts. We have many therapists who, who work, uh, their last appointment might be 8 o'clock, well, you know, they might want that extended time. And at the same ratio, we we don't want therapists opening up between nine and 11 either. You know, it's we, there's the safety and of all of the, all of those areas to be concerned with. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think we're lucky in Canada. I'm so grateful to be Canadian and live in a time where these requirements don't Direct, it's not like a world war. It's not like we're not eating, but it's certainly um, such a change for our therapists to go through. It's, it's, it's a lot for them to, to digest emotionally, physically, financially. So it's, it's going to, I'm curious in a month if my answers would change if I did this same interview as to what we know now. Well, we'll certainly have you back in a month if that's the case. Oh. <laughs> I, I just think it's it's really hard to predict um, yeah. how well prepared we think we are and uh, what things popped up in the process. Sure. Well, my, you know, Laurie, I know you've been an advocate for uh, a very strong advocate for massage therapists for a long time. Yes. And you, you must be thinking, as we all are, in terms of the the larger perspective, the psychosocial effects on uh, individuals when they've had a period of time when they've been touch averse and they've been habituated to physical distancing, they might be uh, more germophobic than they ever were before and concerned about heightened risk of infection in public places. So given that massage therapy obviously is highly physically proximate and uh, utilizes the medium of touch in order to uh, deliver the outcomes that we have. And I'm wondering if you can, and I know this is just speculation at this point, we mm -hmm. won't know until things open up and we see how people behave, but I wonder if you could share your thoughts with our listeners about how you think this period of time and the impact of this might affect public response to massage therapy and, and, and what we might see in the early days as uh, businesses open up, whether people will be open to receiving therapeutic and applied educated touch and, and they'll be willing to give up on that physical distancing so that they can receive the nurturing, caring qualities that I know we are all pining for in, in returning mm -hmm. to nurture ourselves. Right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think it goes, I think it goes both ways. So, you know, when you say pining for, I'm, I know the massage therapists are certainly pining to um, get back um, to, to their profession. It's interesting. As soon as Premier Mo announced reopening of services and we had the dates when, when, um, when we first had the dates for coming out uh, we knew when phase one was going on, we're in phase two, we knew that was coming on the 19th. And um, the phones were ringing off the hook for massage therapists. And um, I had uh, 
I'm going to say four members that phoned me and said, okay, we're getting calls from Alberta and Manitoba to see if we can come on the 19th, make an appointment and drive to Saskatchewan for a massage. So um, we have not heard, which it did surprise me, of people that were hesitant to come. And as you said, most, we don't know that once it's going, but um, most of the therapists I have heard from, and of, of course, you know, you don't hear from all of the therapists, but um, are booked. They are, uh, in fact, they are putting out messages saying, we can't take any more at this time. You, you know, we will, we will do our online booking as, you know, as we figure out how this is working and the time needed in between patients. So I think in some ways, if um, if nothing else, it has certainly brought massage therapy to the forefront, not only for the patients that you already have, but we had some desperate patients that were phoning us and saying, you know, well before the opening was coming, please, I absolutely need to see a therapist. And I'm in so much pain or I've I've always seen my, my therapist for the last 10 years at, at these times and this and that. And it was interesting because I think it's really raised how effective massage therapy is in treating uh, symptoms such as your chronic pain, etc., it's uh, we're not we're not seeing it yet. And uh, and so I think there's been a lot done, um, a lot done by our governments, both uh, federal and provincial, a lot done by the Saskatchewan Health Authority. And I hope a lot done by by our association. I'm proud of what we've put out so far. Stick with caution, adhere to all of the requirements so we're not, so we're opening and we're not opening and closing due to complacency. So kind of off of that point, Lori, I mean, being an editor of a couple of hands-on practitioner magazines, chiropractic right. and massage therapy specifically, I've seen quite a few uh, surveys come through my inbox, one mm -hmm. of which was Green Shield Canada. They ran a survey of their membership. I've also recently received one from one local that says, you know, and again, we have to be aware that, you know, this is only a thousand respondents or 500 people. So right. it's not representative of the entire population of Canada, of course. But like this most recent one said that 80% of respondents said they would not enter a small business unless they complied with safety regulations. What those right. safety regulations are, we don't necessarily know. I assume it's something like, you know, hand sanitizer, posters about, you know, stop if you have any of these, you know, cough or whatever, please don't enter. Again, very visible PPE and disinfecting procedures. And 89% of these respondents in the same survey said it's necessary for all businesses to share their safety measures. So. Do you have any thoughts here on what massage therapists and their representatives can do to calm the public concern and entice people back to receive massage therapy? Because again, although they are small surveys, a small number of people that they're surveying, the general response is that they're a little bit wary about going back to 
hands-on practitioners, massage therapists, chiropractors, and the like? I, I have a few ideas, and I, I think we have we have supplied our members with with some of them. I mean, first and foremost, we we do have a waiver, a COVID-19 waiver for our members to send to their patients that are coming in. And uh, both will sign that saying that they do adhere to all of these standards. They can, they have the ability to run what the hygiene procedures and disinfection procedures are that clients can see that before they make their appointment and go to. We have a pretty extensive recommendation for screening clients. And I I think the biggest, um, it, we have avoid and don't <laughs> use caution and safe and do posters that are our RMTs are using, but I think at the end of the day, the advertising will change as to the the measures that are taken to to provide safe treatment. The one thing I know that we're seeing a lot of RMTs mentioning or or providing in their online presence and their websites is the fact that. It is essential now that if you have any signs of illness, that you do not come to your appointment, where I think um, I've heard a lot of anecdotal uh, responses to things such as clients almost dragging themselves in when they felt really poor, but it's just a cold or they think they might be coming down with something. Those days are no longer. I think in um, we will be going back to our advertising for MTAS members and uh, on the radio. And of course, that will all be about the safety of MTAS therapists and what we do to ensure that. So I think I think it's essential that you do have those posted things on your websites at your clinic, of course, covered. So, you know, the days of paper hanging on walls are done too. But So as an association, what MTAS will be doing is we do have a Facebook page that, uh, that we regularly put up uh, posters or advocacy areas that our members can use to then forward on to their clients and patients. We will focus on the safety and the efforts that have been taken for massage therapies to open and that uh, maybe that your safety is the ultimate concern and and roll into both the safety of coming to a clinic and the safety and treatment of whatever it is that that treatment is about. We can, we have done many posters that we have recommended that our members use in their clinics or sent out as needed. We will do advertising on the radio on air. Uh, we're a small province, and so I've already done um, one radio interview with the CBC, and I am presuming there will be more media as far as um, television and uh, radio is concerned with both the association and our membership. But it is one of that is one of our prime responsibilities to assist the profession and to do our utmost to can um, to rise up 
to the safety standards and ensuring the the audience, the, the therapists, and of course their clients and public that they are being treated safely during this time. Just lastly, there's a lot of questions about how will legal and insurance requirements change for practitioners uh, or what risks are practitioners taking by opening up practice again? I know you had previously mentioned that some are deciding not to open back up. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I did actually put in a call to to our insurance <laughs> providers because I was concerned and and uh, about if our prices would raise or would rise with your malpractice and liability insurance. And if they are expecting that those rates will go higher with the um, risk that you're taking going to a massage therapist or a massage therapist is taking treating a patient. I know of a couple of insurance companies whose life insurance premiums had raised significantly as soon as COVID came into play. At this point, they have assured me that they're not seeing or even considering raising the insurance rates on that. But then the first question they asked me is if we had waivers, and if we had ensured that our members would adhere to the public health orders and could they see our guideline book. So that has been provided to both our legal consult and our, our insurance broker. And um, they're not foreseeing rises in that. I don't know what the third party insurers are doing. I thought many of them might not be issuing receipts at certain times during COVID for treatment, but at the end of the day, it seemed that they all were. Uh, so I haven't seen any drop in rates. I haven't seen any raise in rates for the for the profession. So again, it's it's an unknown. But I think every precaution needs to be taken. And of course, I think across Canada, if someone does not adhere to the new PPE standards and the new requirements, of course, any of the therapists' malpractice would be, could be voided um, because they're not complying with the law of the province. And so I think your point here, ultimately, there are many unknowns for all provinces for every massage therapist across the country. I think yeah. I think everyone's doing the best they can. That's not only the regulatory colleges and the associations such as yourself, but even the aren't like the individual RMTs. Everyone has questions. Everyone wants mm -hmm. answers. And I think ultimately we don't have all the answers. So even just discussing this and discussing the questions that people have. I mean, it's a step in the right direction. Ultimately, I don't think everyone has all of the answers right now. And I don't even know if we will have the answers a month or two months from now. Yeah. It's kind I, of what, what we've been going through for two months is just one day at a time and seeing what happens. And I, I think I think that's, that's absolutely correct. And at the end of the day, I think after this has has eased or or dissipated, you know, we'll identify certain needs. And I'll, I'll go back to the CMTA. We were talking about that. Clearly, maybe we have to 
create some basic pandemic epidemic guidelines that can be shared across Canada that uh, we won't be caught in the same situation again, much like Canada itself was caught in the same situation of not being totally prepared and not even dreaming of, of such a situation. So we learn as we go. And I think we would have to say to all of us, um, all of the massage therapists, the colleges and the associations is, though it's difficult, patience is a key. We're all working, I think, exceptionally hard in our, in our individual lanes to bring uh, the best policies forward and procedures and the best recommendations and it's not uh, as nothing ever has been in in massage therapy or healthcare. it's not a one-size-fits-all we can't all say put on the red shirt and we're good to go sort of thing so I think I think it's patient learn and grow. Don any last points from you? Thanks Jenin for the question I I concur with you that these are challenging and unprecedented times. There's a lot of things we're trying to to dance on our feet while we're trying to adapt and accommodate. And I'm I'm just grateful we had Lori on today as someone who has been a strong representative for massage therapists for many years, coming to speak and answer the questions that I think many of our listeners have. So I, I just appreciate being here. And Lori, I thank you for being on the call. Well, thank you. It's it's really it's posed a lot of questions to me that I think uh, as soon as we get through this, I'll be writing a few more notes on on next steps, which is always welcome. Thanks so much. I've enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Lori. So I will just press everyone listening right now to please utilize the resources found at the bottom of the web page here. If you're listening on iTunes or Google Play, you can find any of our resources on our website at massagetherapycanada slash podcast. Please comment and share on social media uh, with your fellow RMTs. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching Massage Therapy Canada. Thanks again for listening, and we will hear from you next time. On the Table, current and critical information for massage therapists in practice, a podcast presented by Massage Therapy Canada. Massage Therapy Canada.